In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, my Lord, my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore your profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, and the grace to make this time a prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Last Wednesday was the Ash Wednesday, and that uh, marked the beginning of the Lenten season. The period of the liturgical calendar, where the church invites us to live in a special way the spirit of penance. And that is why on Ash Wednesday, we, the Catholic faithful, for those who can. At the Mass, the priest traces the sign of the cross on our foreheads with ashes of the previous Passion Week and telling us the formula, remember man that, that you are dust and unto dust you shall return, or that repent and believe in the gospel. So the ashes are a symbol of the transitory nature of human life. In other words, it's a reminder that our passage on earth is rather short, fleeting, ephemeral, and that sooner or later, we all gonna go back to where we came from, the earth. It doesn't mean that that is uh, the dissolution, absolute dissolution of man, because we do have a soul and we are meant for eternal life. In the beautiful expression of Saint Augustine, Lord, you have created us for you and our heart is restless until it rests on you. Now, Lent is, uh, it comes from that uh, Latin term, quadratissima. It's actually 40 days, 40 days that the Lord Jesus spent in the desert in fasting and abstinence. And so the Lenten season is a time when we uh, ought to kind of somehow imitate the Lord in his self-denial and penance. Well, Jesus doesn't need it. We do need it because we need purification. You and I, we need conversion. And precisely, acts of penance are an essential element in the spiritual life, in a spiritual conversion. Saint Jose Maria used to say, now what comes first in our Christian life is prayer, of course, I guess we pray, all of us, we pray, more or less. The dialogue with the Lord, conversation with Christ, intimacy with Jesus, those quiet moments we spend on our knees, you know, talking to Him. And also deeds of charity, you know, doing good to others, being kind, helping other people, going out of our way 
to do good to others. But then they're seeing a third element which actually occupies the second place, and that is life of penance, or a more technical term would be mortification. And that's what St. Jose Maria said. Comes, first comes prayer, then penance, and the third place, action, deeds of charity. And so therefore, penance has a definite role or place in the life of a Christian. Our Lord himself said in the Gospel of St. Luke, if anyone would like to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Again, if anybody would come after me, so words of Jesus, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. How is that? How come the Lord tells us that? You know, we live in a world, society that uh, in many ways uh, celebrates comfort, that extols pleasure, and everywhere you go, there is a, a craving for, like, you know, <clears throat> self-satisfaction and perhaps indulgence. And so, therefore, to talk about self-denial, about sacrifice, about pain and suffering, it seems like counterculture. Um, but then, precisely, to be a Christian is like to be a rebel, like, you know, a maverick, to go against the grain. And, and, and so, therefore, the cross, which, in the words of the gospel, a scandal to the Jews, a foolishness to the Gentiles, but to the believer of Christ, it is the instrument of our salvation. In the beautiful expression of St. Rose of Lima, the cross is the only ladder by which we can reach heaven. And uh, now, so therefore, in this meditation, we consider, reflect on the meaning of uh, Christian penance. Now, in our condition, in the existential condition of man, radically good, but with a fallen nature, redeemed by Christ, but with deep wounds, and so therefore, we experience uh, a disordered tendency. St. Paul, writing to the Romans, he said, I don't, I don't understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want to do, but I do the very thing that I hate, for I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. Now, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Well, we don't know the personal struggle of St. Paul, uh, the apostle of the Gentiles, it could be temptations of the flesh, could be uh, lack of fortitude, fears, or the persecution, whatever, we don't know. But what we know is that a man of God that he is at this time, stage of his life, and there was a, an, an inner struggle. It wasn't easy for him. And it, it's all like that. I mean, saints are not born that way. Saints are made. And uh, many of them, had to go through like you know 
trials, tremendous trials. But they stood their ground, they defended their faith. If you study the history of the church at the beginning, uh, the first four centuries, there was uh, fierce persecutions. It was enough to be a Christian to risk, you know, losing your life and you know, uh, murder, I mean, uh, martyr. One occasion of the third century, I think, uh, in the northern Africa, uh, someone kind of betrayed a, a group of Christians. You know, someone who knew that they were worshipping, that they were having the mass, and it was kind of prohibited. And so when they were just reported and the Roman uh, proconsul uh, interrogated them, uh, were you aware that, you know, gathering as a Christian sect is uh, banned in the empire? Yes, we are aware. Are you aware of the sanctions or the penalty, which is death? Yes, we're aware. So why did you do it? And so the Christians responded, because we could not live without celebrating the Lord's Supper. In other words, that we could not live without, without the Mass. It's impossible to have spiritual life without Christ. And of course, they, they all died as uh, uh, Christian martyrs. But then that's uh, kind of the persecution the trials, well, not just Christian life, but human life in itself has difficulties. So regardless of our social status, regardless of our educational attainment, regardless of your job, career, plans in life, we all are bound to stumble upon the cross. It could be sickness or it could be uh, you know, losing one's job. It could be the death of someone you love, family member, spouse. It could be, uh, you know, you name it, whatever. You know? So, well, the cross is ever-present. And for people who are not accustomed to tough life, difficulties, they would run away from the cross because the cross has no meaning in the eyes of a person who doesn't believe in God and whose you know, goal in life is simply comfort and pleasure and human worldly success. But precisely the Lord Jesus is telling us just the opposite. If anyone would like to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. And so that is why it is important for us to embrace the cross and uh, somehow incorporate into our personal life the very practice of idea of penance and mortification, self-control, and uh, the idea of mortification is to, to die a little bit. So last Ask Wednesday is universal fasting or a day of fasting and abstinence. If you are at least 14 years old, and I guess all of us are above 14, 
less than 60 years old, I guess I was less than 60, I'm the one closest, I think, but I still have six years. And uh, what is that? So we don't have meat, and uh, also kind of one full meal, and two partial, or you know, skip the meal altogether. But these are, you know, kind of external acts of penance. But the real thing is not really the external acts, but rather the internal, the interior conversion of the heart. Because you can actually do all those things. You can have cold shower, you can skip the dessert, uh, you may, uh, you know, like uh, fast the whole day, 48 hours, 24 hours. But still, it, it doesn't, if it doesn't bring about a kind of real change in our behavior or our attitude, then it means very little. And so in the Old Testament, the Lord God tells us, rend your heart, not your garments. Which means really, well, the external acts of penance, sacrifice are important, but something even deeper is the attitude, is the inner conversion, a change of heart, change of heart for the love of God. And so the idea of mortification is to you know, uh, to deprive of ourselves of something, to give up a little bit something, something that we, we might find we might like too much, and uh, more than the usual, because precisely we are in the season of Lent. And without calling attention, without, uh, in the gospel of that day, we read, and the Lord tells us that if you fast, do not go around, you know, um, announcing to the people that you have done that sacrifice, but rather do it in secret. And God who sees you in secret rewards you. When you fast, don't do like the Pharisees who kind of, you know, keep themselves unkempt and tidy to, to make it appear that they were really fasting. I'm a sacrifice, I do a lot of sacrifices. Somebody in my house said, so how come we have these crosses on our forehead. Aren't we announcing to the world all over New York that I'm a Catholic? <laughs> so funny, because that, that same day, I was walking down Third Avenue. I met a young lady who saw me as a priest. Oh, Father, uh, today is Ash Wednesday, right? Yes, I see your, and the sun of the cross on your forehead, she was saying. So where can I go to Mass? And I told her, you know, it's 9 p.m. I don't think you'll find out. <laughs> we had a good laugh. See? It's 9 p.m. Oh, yeah, I should have thought about it earlier. Anyway, have a good night, Father. Pray for me. <laughs> so maybe too late. But, you know, at least there's that thinking of God, thinking of conversion, okay? So, like, um, St. Paul said, brothers, we are not debtors to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. For those who are ruled by the Spirit of God, they are children of God. So there's a kind of a contraposition between flesh and spirit. It's not that the flesh is bad, evil per se. What St. Paul is trying to say, and you know, in theology, moral theology, we're reminded of that, that the flesh has its disordered uh, inclination tendency. We have 
we bear within us the scar of the original sin. And how does that translate in our personal life? That means the desire to, uh, you know, to have pleasures. And that means uh, the tendency to ex excesses in food and drink, in, you know, having a good time. Things that may not be bad per se, they're not evil, but, you know, they kind of foster worldliness. And uh, it could also be curiosity. Now, since we live in a you know, digital world and we, we check our phone, uh, our mobile phone, our internet every so often, I don't know how much screen time you have every day. And so, well, because it is a source of information, we do our work, but at the same time, we can actually fall into curiosity. St. Thomas Aquinas, in his Summa Theologica, said that when you kind of want to learn something, you study, because you want to know the realities, the nature of things. You want to get informed. Could be the weather update, could be, I don't know, the result of football, okay, or what's the latest in Ukraine, whatever. Or that balloon uh, that's flying up there in uh, North Carolina, so whatever. So these are getting informed. So that's studiositas, is a virtue to know. <coughs> Ignorance is not good. However, that studiositas can degenerate into curiositas, when therefore there is an uncontrolled like desire to know everything. And especially if those things are harmful to the soul. As St. Josemaria said, the eyes are the windows of the soul. If the eyes are clean, chances are the soul is clean. And so therefore, we see, I mean, we, we go around, we go out to the city, we see everything. And so, but we need to kind of mortify our senses, curiosity. And so that we maintain somehow that spirit of prayer, presence of God. And we can be in the world without becoming worldly, immersed in the world, loving passionately the world, but without falling into the trap of, you know, materialism, of sensuality. And that's, uh, that's possible because of the grace of God and also because of our virtue of precisely penance and detachment and temperance. Years ago, the spokesman of the Holy See, John Paul II, was a member of Bobo's Day, but he passed away, Francisco Navarro Valls. One occasion, so they were working together for many years, actually. And uh, one morning, the Holy Father, after the Mass, came to the refectory, the dining hall, for breakfast. Apparently, that was his routine breakfast and then read a bit of newspaper, pray the bravery, and meet people. And so we used to call him Kiko or Francisco. Came to the Holy Father with the issue of Time Magazine. Holy Father, I have good news for you. You know, you came out in the cover page of Time Magazine. And uh, you are, you know, man of the, of, the, of the decade. And then there's an article on page three, something like that. A feature and uh, so he was handing it over to the Pope and the Pope looked at it 
for like you know two three seconds and then put it aside oh thank you thank you holy father there's an article inside would you like to wouldn't you like to read it no no that's that's enough the pope was saying i have you know seen it i'm afraid that i might begin to like it too much so i, I read article i might begin to like it too much it's not good for me okay thank you <laughs> So well, we had a good laugh because Kiko was saying, you know, I, it really called my attention. He's a man of God, humble, detached. Because I don't know if I were the case, I would photocopy it and you know, multiply it and tell everybody, hey, I, I'm the front cover of. <laughs> so I mean, uh, <clears throat> this is one of the many manifestations of self-denial, of detachment, of humility, of penance, a mortified soul. We might wonder. Lord, how come? I've been praying for so long a time. I've been going to Mass, go to confession every week, but I don't seem to make progress in my spiritual life. How come? I'm not saying that you are not, but you know, examine ourselves. It could be because while we pray, we receive communion, pray the rosary, go to confession, it could be because we are not mortified. I mean, that aspect of our life is kind of deficient. And so we need to kind of um, somehow put that ingredient of spirit of penance. In some little ways, it doesn't have to be really spectacular. But again, it could be like the posture, or you guys are very young, you know, your cold shower, cold shower. We used to do that <laughs> when I was in Spain. And so we had something like this. Uh, meditation on a Saturday and so the boys would come already all set in their soccer gear you know, with their studs and I told them oh <laughs> so uh, so first we'll have meditation benediction and we have soccer games so they will change obediently and then after we would play soccer I don't know like an hour 30 minutes or two hours but after that we have a cookout and uh, barbecue or whatever. But first, cold shower. <laughs> and that was winter time, like, you know, as cold as today. And, uh, well, so that it makes you tough. Why well, is that kind of a requirement, but on your own, Lord, what are, like, what sacrifices can I offer? Well, St. Jose Maria tells us that the best mortification, actually, is to do what we ought to do here and now. So what is it that God is asking me? I'm supposed to wake up on the dot. That's a heroic minute. Okay, do that. And then now I'm supposed to stop, close the computer, time to go to bed. Because if not, I'm going to be groggy, sleepy tomorrow. And uh, okay, that's also detachment, you know, kind of. And um, I heard here last year, there was a trip to New York to Montana. And so the boys, they had this, uh, uh, freedom basket so you know, put all your phones there so that you know you spend time with the others not with your you know we with my phone you know alone like you know individual be with the others spend time with the others and just to okay, get the phone when you really have to call your mom or like something unimportant but otherwise so that's also detachment detachment from our preferences for our plans and it, it does help us to grow spiritually it's self-denial self-denial like learning to say no no to my 
caprice, no to my whims, no to my comfort, without exaggerating it. The idea of mortification is not really to kind of suffer pain for, for the sake of pain, rather <clears throat> the very notion, idea is loving the Lord, to love the Lord, to grow in our spiritual life. And that is the paradox. Uh, those who, uh, you know, deny themselves uh, actually are able to grow in freedom. Those who say no to their old self are able to say yes to God. And so that's growth, that's maturity, that's progress in the spiritual life. Sometimes the things that we have to do, our, our very duties, it, it costs a lot of effort. Years ago, when I got together, somebody, I think in Barcelona, a young person said to St. Jose Maria, Father, apart from studying, what other mortifications can I offer? <laughs> so it seemed like studying is, for him, already a kind of a big sacrifice. And he was a student. A student is a person who studies. <laughs> supposed to. Sometimes even the things, the very things that we need to do, kind of bad. Well, because <clears throat> we carry these treasures in vessels of clay, because of our contrary tendency, because we are lovers of comfort. And uh, Pope Francis said, if you need to buy something, it need not be the most expensive one. He also talked about internet fasting. Okay. And uh, sometimes uh, there's also what you call those difficulties that come our way without our seeking them, passive mortifications. Caught in the traffic, change the plans, you get sick, and uh, well, uh, one occasion I was flying from Milwaukee to New York, like, you know, everything seemed smooth, and the last minute Delta Airlines said, your flight is diverted to Grand Rapids with, you know, layover. And so, and then that kind of triggered a series of, you know, mishaps, like, you know, kind of delay. So what can you do? Like, um, so these things happen. So instead of complaining, just enjoy, you know, enjoy. And Lord, embrace the cross, embrace the cross. So because the natural reaction of many people is to complain, to, I don't know, swearing, like, you know, rebel, and, uh, okay, but it doesn't help, it doesn't help. So a mortified soul, therefore, is able to rise above those, you know, <clears throat> kind of uh, annoyances, petty things. Uh, there is a greater self-control, and we are able to radiate the, the good order of Christ, and uh, the content of our conversation, we do not overreact. There is charity and understanding dealing with people. We become more patient. And uh, we are grateful to God when things turn out well in our plans. And grateful to others as well for all the good things that they do for us. And, uh, but we are not scared of the cross. We do not run away from sacrifice if they come. And, and certainly they come sooner or later, one way or another. 
about the sacrifice not just for human you know ends or motives a lot of people are going through strict like you know regimen diet uh, and you know go to the gym which is not bad but you know uh, it could be out of vanity and so therefore doing that for a higher even a higher motive not just for human purely human you know to grow in our spiritual life because well the human person is body and soul flesh and spirit we are not just purely like you know material beings we are spiritual beings and uh, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but suffer the loss of his soul or what would a man give in exchange for his soul and so that therefore the uh, modification would help us to acquire that self-dominion and uh, and we are we become kind of strong tough the fortitude, fortis and fide. And besides, St. Paul invites us that we complete in our body what is lacking in the passion of Christ. It's a beautiful, you know, idea. And um, somebody said, asked me, Father, so how come people, innocent people, suffer? Well, because you do not explain pain and suffering purely in terms of retribution. Many times they are not. And true, there are people who are very good and, you know, saintly and they, they are the ones who suffer. Is because of the cross of Christ. It's only the cross of Christ that sheds light on the meaning of human life and including kind of sacrifice. And so the penance is therefore meant to transform us. Metanoia is an inner transformation of the heart. And so this whole Lenten season is a, like a march towards the Paschal mystery. The summit, the highlight would that be on, on the Passion Week especially the death and the resurrection of the Lord. Lent would end uh, on a few hours before, like, before the Mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday. And then that's properly the, the Passion, the Triduum, and then that culminates on Easter Sunday. And so let us therefore in the coming days, and I, I suppose you have started, like um, intensify a little bit our spirit of penance and uh, look at Christ on the cross, the cross that presides the altar. All the Christian prayers begin and end with in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And so there our Lord and, uh, is uh, waiting for us and inviting us precisely to carry the cross. We conclude this meditation turning to our Blessed Mother. Just remember that Mary was beside the Lord in every stage of his life, all the way from conception, birth, infancy, childhood, public life, hidden life, all the way to the cross. We find when everybody, a lot of the apostles, the disciples abandoned the Lord at the hour of reckoning, hour of death. And so who do we find at the foot of the cross? We find the pious women of Jerusalem and in the midst of them, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Yuxta autem cruce yesu stamat matarayus. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you how to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father, Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.